Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Locker Room. Can you feel the excitement about this interview coming up? I am absolutely pumped. I'm feeling as if I'm unlocking a 100-year vault of some awesome expertise. Today, we've got James Whitaker with us. Now, a bit of background about James. He's an Aussie living overseas in America, so no matter where you're watching this, he's a local. And uh, his background most recently He's been able to, well, first and foremost, he is a, an Amazon best-selling author. He's an entrepreneur, a speaker. But most importantly, he's been able to interview over 100 of the world's top athletes, business people, and entre entrepreneurs, unlocking their secrets of success. Now, his mission, and I, I feel as if we're like brothers from another mother, his mission is to hand on those success secrets to people out there to really help them build their wealth, their lifestyle and their business. So without further ado and having him sitting on the sidelines, welcome James. Thanks for having me on Steve, how are you? Mate, uh, I, am, I am excited mainly because of what you've done most recently with the, the Think and Grow Rich. Now you're the co-executive producer of the, uh, the Million Dollar Movie Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, and also the author of the book that goes with it. And, and that really is um, what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, some of the interviews that you've done, some of the secrets you've unlocked, and some of the things that we can pass on to the, the locker room members and those out there watching that. So um, I guess the first question has to be, why is the book Think and Grow Rich uh, so appropriate when it was written and so relevant today? Well, the book, for those who don't know, originally was released in 1937 by author Napoleon Hill, who, was, who interviewed more than 500 of the most successful people who ever lived, people like Henry Ford, uh, Andrew Carnegie, Thomas Edison, to find out how they were able to amass their enormous fortunes. A, a lot of them were some of the wealthiest people in history, not just of their time. And people like Andrew Carnegie, for example, had come over from, uh, from Scotland and was a pen uh, penniless uh, immigrant over here in, in America and, and he was able to accumulate this enormous fortune. So Napoleon Hill set about on this journey to interview as many people as he could and he coined uh, what he called the achievement philosophy, which is 13 principles of success, released it in Think and Grow Rich in 1937, which was an interesting time for the world when you think after the First World War and then the Great Depression. And then it was at the, uh, you know, it was around the time of the start of the Second World War as well. So a really interesting time for history. But the book is still so popular today because it just, it gets results for people. And it's a testament to all the work that the Napoleon Hill Foundation has done. They've brought it to everywhere from prisons to, uh, to universities and schools and everywhere in between. So they've done a, a great job and it has created more millionaires than any other resource in history. It is one of the best, it is the best selling self-help book of all time and one of the best selling books of all time. And I'm just so excited to, uh, yeah, to, to play a role in, in helping people, today's generations, uh, make change via those same principles. You know, I've got to tell you that um, it actually changed my life and that's not being woo-woo or anything. Um, I opened up a health club in 1983 in August and my girlfriend at the time gave me a copy of the book. And prior to that, I've got to be embarrassed to say that I had a book reading program of a, a book a decade, <laughs> which wasn't great. And, and that was all sport. So uh, I wasn't a real devourer of, uh, of great business and mindset, but I, I'd started a fairly serious business. And over the Christmas break, I read it twice in, in five days. 
And from then on, I've been just uh, immersing and devouring books like that. And it certainly did change the way that I did business, the way that I looked at life and the philosophies in there are just so uh, appropriate for today. Now, and, and, and Steve, on that as well, like the fact that you read it twice in quick succession, where most people, they read a book, they read a, a couple chapters, and if it doesn't land with them too much, they put it in a drawer or on a shelf, never to be seen from again. But the ones who have gotten the most out of Think and Grow Rich are the ones who sit there with a notepad and their, their brain lights up with ideas and action plans as they read it. And all the people who are featured in, in my new book are the ones who were able to turn what they learn in the book into massive and consistent action over time. Now let's get on to you know, the movie and then we'll, we'll talk about some of the people that you've uh, spoken to. So how did the movie come about uh, and what can people expect from the actual movie itself? The movie, just, the movie, just by virtue of the medium, is very, very different to the book because it's only got two hours of runtime, so it can't go into as much the stories in as much detail. But it, it actually brings to life a lot of the dramatic stories from the original Think and Grow Rich too. Stories like the Derby with the being three feet from gold to talk about the power of persistence and Henry Ford getting sued by the Chicago Tribune. So uh, the Napoleon Hill Foundation had never granted the rights to Think and Grow Rich to be brought to the big screen for the first time. So director Scott Servine uh, partnered with uh, Sean Donovan, Karina Donovan and Joel Franco. And, and those four were really the ones who were able to get the ball rolling on this whole project. And it's, it's, it really is an amazing film. It's very, very gripping and emotional. Uh, there, it's a very eclectic mix like the book as well and that there is something for everyone. And it's just something that people of all ages can be able to sit down with their, with their parents or with their kids and, and really just help them get excited about the possibilities that are available for them using the stories and the blueprint that some of today's most exciting entrepreneurs have been able to, uh, to share. Now, it would have been exciting for you starting out interviewing some of these people that you've got on the uh, got in the book and, and in the movie and I've gone through the list of the people there and there's a wide range of people some people that are just so successful right this minute with some of the things that they're doing uh, John Lee Dumas and uh, Lewis Howes and Grant Cardone they're absolutely you know, smashing it in their current businesses showing and, and doing the latest techniques and then you've got Bob Proctor the like of who's you know, been around forever um, some of the more traditional ways. Uh, how was it interviewing those people? It was quite surreal at different times. I, I was actually able to interview Bob Proctor. He was one of the first people who I interviewed for the project and that was done via Skype because he lives in, uh, in Canada and I'm based in LA at the moment. It was like he reached his hand through the, through the screen and, and knocked me over the head. It was a very, very surreal moment to have Bob Proctor all to myself for what was one and a half or a two hour chat about his whole life and where he thinks most people go wrong. And it was a very, very surreal moment, but something that I, that I cherished very much. And then other surreal moments, they were all, they were all surreal in their own ways. But another one was when I went and uh, met Rob Deerdeck at his uh, penthouse office in Beverly Hills, just sitting there uh, waiting for him to to come through like in the reception area and he's actually got this big thing about i forget how many it is maybe like 50 things that he looks for in a business it might even be a hundred things but they're all mapped out on this uh on this elevator well and i knew then that this little kid this skateboarder from dayton ohio a town in the middle of nowhere who was able to not only succeed as a professional skateboarder but then also be able to turn that into a, a media empire and 
he was designing shoes and now he's got something like eight television shows and he's got his own venture capital business called the Deer Deck Machine. To be able to sit down with with people like that, it was a, it was a really incredible moment. And there was a Canadian billionaire by the name of Errol Abramson and, and the first call that, that we had, uh, that again was done via Skype because uh, he's based in Vancouver. And that was a four-hour conversation. Wow. And I, uh, I work, from a, for the most part, from a standing desk. So after four hours, <laughs> my, uh, my legs were ready to buckle. But it was, uh, I, I was just really grateful. that they, were, they all trusted me to tell the story in the way that I wanted to do it. So, yeah, it's been an amazing ride and, and something that I'm very, very grateful for. Now, given that you have interviewed you know, like a hundred of the best in all walks of life and, uh, and this podcast and, and video is all about giving some great tips, what's probably two or three of the people that you've interviewed and a, a tip from each of those that you'd say, you know what, this was a really cool thing that I uncovered and the way they put it would be just great to hand on. What, what would be a couple of those be? There are so there are so many. I could probably talk for months on this uh, on this one thing alone. And if you've got any people who you think about, uh, let me know. But the ones that spring to mind pretty quickly are people like John Lee Dumas, who most uh, most people might know from EO Fire, the Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast. In addition to everything else that he has gone on to do, his biggest thing is around productivity hacks. So he wakes up and he focuses on what would make today a win. What things is he going to? do today but then he actually does it things that are going to get him closer to his 100 day goals and only once he's finished doing those things does he get onto someone else's agenda for his day things like emails and and various other things like that so it means that before his morning before his day has even really started he's already done the two three or four things that are going to inch him closer towards his 100 day goal so uh, that to me was a bit of a change because what I had done previously is, I guess most people, they wake up and they want to go, they want to pick the low hanging fruit, which is, oh, I'll respond to, to the emails. But the problem with emails is they're like bloody boomerangs. You send one out and they always keep coming back. Uh, so that to me was, uh, I, I learned that I needed to start doing my work first before I got on someone else's agenda for my day. It's, it's basically just flicking your product, flipping your productivity upside down. And that has had a huge impact on, on my life and being able to get things done. With people like Lewis Howes, something with him, he is such an inspirational guy and has a success trajectory that I, unlike anything that I have ever seen, he's a two-time New York Times bestselling author, founder and host of the School of Greatness podcast. I know you know that, but for those who don't know, <laughs> and uh, he was, he's the first to put up his hand and say, he is not the smartest guy uh, in the room. He was dyslexic and performed very, very poorly in the academic realm and dropped out. He was a terrible student in school and he dropped out of of college, but because of that, it meant that he had to figure out a way that he could be good. And that for him was action. So because he acted, because he wasn't smart enough to properly evaluate risk, he just put himself in the, in the face of failure every single time. And he learned from all those failures and over time was able to figure out what worked and what didn't work and attract those people into his life who could help elevate his dreams and, and basically help bring his dreams to life. But also help him think so much bigger than what he would have thought by just sitting in a, in a room by himself. And uh, someone else would be, uh, would be Grant Cardone, <laughs> who again probably doesn't need much of, a, much of an introduction. And I think he's worth now about, what, 600 or 700 uh, 
million dollars, has got more than 4,000 properties in, in America alone and has been able to, to build this enormous sales and property empire. And the biggest thing for him was investing in his personal brand, which he continues to do so much today. So with, uh, with him specifically, I remember when we had our, our first Skype call and he was explaining to me that he was getting angry at the IT guys because they weren't investing enough money in, in his sales platform. And he's got this book 10X and the, uh, he was saying that he wanted to rename that to 100X to, uh, because he thinks that's, uh, that's what people need to do to, uh, yeah, to really have these big results. They need to think 100 times bigger than what they're thinking right now. So I, c I could go through, through well, all of them. Let's just go those everyone. through because they're absolutely brilliant. And if we can pull apart very quickly of what you've just said and, and put it into some action plans for this here, it's like, well, getting the first thing done and, and I've got my Momentum Monday live stream I do and it's the non-negotiable things you do at the beginning of the day and the entrepreneurs locker room as we discussed before we got on is all about our brain body brand and business get your mindset right make sure that you're operating yourself as healthy and as productive as possible and that is all about getting that stuff done first and bringing in the brand which is you know the Grant Cardone and then persistence from, from Lewis. Now we've had Lewis over here and had a beer with him at our house here at Balmoral and that's when he was the linked influencer. And one of the things that you said about Lewis and that I know about him, it's, it's persistent. You don't have to be the biggest, the best, the brightest or the brainiest to be successful. You've just got to you know, start with the right things first, which is yeah, the first thing you said, be persistent and go for it, but then build your own personal brand. And on the back wall there is the three circles. I just did a video about in, on, and over. People work in their business and they're happy just doing the doing. Um, yeah, then Michael Gerber came along with the e-myth and you've got to work on the business and build your systems. But the real value is you becoming the brand and stepping up, which is what Grant Cardone said. And if we can infuse those three things for the people that you've just spoke about who are ultra successful. Now, Grant Cardone, you know, going through some of the, uh, the trials and tribulations of, of his life, he says if he's not busy, he'll slip back into some of those things that got him off the rails before. So he's consistently busy, busy, busy doing the right things. And that's where a lot of people fall down. They'll get up their first thing of the morning, you know, they'll check their Facebook and get, you know, go down that well <laughs> of checking their Facebook. And then they'll check their emails. And as you just said, you're operating half the day to other people's agendas. And that's not what successful people do, which is... One of the things leading on to the next question, and we may have answered this, the difference between successful people and those who aren't so successful. Well, the most successful people have a very, very clear definition of who they are and where they want to go. And they wake up excited and passionate to take consistent and purposeful action. And there's that very famous quote that says the best, uh, what is it? The, um, Oh, actually, I think I've merged a few quotes there, but there's the one that talks about the best revenge is massive success, Frank Sinatra. I didn't mean to say that one. Uh, I meant the Tony Robbins one that said the, the key to success is to take massive determined action. That was it. <laughs> and most people take massive action for day one, but what you need to do and what all these very successful people did, they took massive action around getting, their, getting a very clear definition of what success looked like for them. And then after that, it was just simple and consistent action. And over time, like a compound interest graph, that's how you turn those simple actions done consistently into extraordinary achievement. It makes such a big difference. An analogy that I often use is people who might have a goal of running a marathon 
you wouldn't start day one uh, by running a marathon. You got to do the work that day one requires. So in, in addition to having that very clear definition of success, they're, they're very, very clear on what winning the day looks like for them as well. So a big thing that I do now, I, I use the five minute journal, which is a great resource. I encourage a lot of people to, to use you uh, with the five minute journal, you wake up and you write down three things that you're grateful for. And then you write down three things that would make today great. That would make today a win. Yep. That might be a good gym session, a great podcast, a, you know, a great date night with your, your husband or wife, whatever that might be. And then you write down a positive affirmation for that day. Maybe I'm resilient, I'm strong, I'm funny, I'm brave, I'm courageous, whatever that might be. And at the very end of the day, you check in with the actions you took or did not take, and then you calibrate accordingly. So when you think about those things, you've got a very clear path about what your perfect destination looks like. You know exactly what actions you need to take each day and once you have those things you've, it's just about having the persistence to see it through and the final thing that, that all these people have is just an unwavering self-belief it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about you steve it matters what you think about yourself that is, that is the most important opinion and you can you can get counsel from as many sources as you can and i think that's that's great because that's that's also the mastermind principle but you need to be very, very careful about where you do go and get those sources of opinion from because as long as you're very clear on who you are and what you want, how you feel about yourself is the most important thing. Uh, well, I'm just want to pick up on that because there are a lot of people out there, particularly with social media, that are worried what other people think. And I saw somebody put a post up and I don't know who it was. and It was a brilliant post. Just, just happened to be flying past. What other people think of me is none of my business. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. that's, and that's just so simple what other people think of me is none of my business and the other thing that I, I did a video on um, a little while ago is manage your emotions you manage your time and nobody can make you actually feel anything it's your decision to somebody could put a post up about you somebody could have an opinion about you exactly what you said it's not your business but most people let their emotions get sucked into that and then once their emotions get sucked into it so does their time now, you get up in the morning and you might read something about you or you might remember somebody said something about you, then your day's gone because you've made a decision to let it be. You've made a decision to let those emotions take over what you're doing. That's not meaning you've got to be cold and hard, but you still, you control all of your emotions and it's your decision. So uh, particularly and, with social media, I see so many people get sucked into the emotive rubbish that's out there. And, and what you just said yeah. it's so powerful. It's like, well, you manage that. You manage how people, how you react to other people, uh, say things about you. Then you can manage your emotions, you manage your time, and then you'll manage your life. I like the quote that says, those who care don't matter and those who matter don't care. Like, it's just such a simple <laughs> way of, of having that whole social media world, which is a, it's a funny world that we live in right now, the, the transitions that the world has taken around the social media aspect for the last six or seven years. But I, I think as long as people are just very, very clear on who they are, they're not afraid to show their vulnerabilities and they're very clear on their mission and their purpose because where those things intersect, that is where your story is and that's where you can get people to believe in you and when they believe in you and they believe in your story they just want to help as much as they can and that's the way that you can start to make some really big things happen especially if you're an entrepreneur but if you're enabling yourself to 
fall victim to emotions and emotions well channeled can be a very powerful resource, mm. but you don't calibrate them and, and really check how you're using them. You react rather than respond. And when you react, you send off an email that maybe you shouldn't have, or you have a conversation that maybe you shouldn't have. So taking the time to properly respond in a very thought out manner coming from a position of gratitude is very, very different to impulsively uh, reacting and including a, a few too many swear words. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I love it. And, um, what you've just said about having their mission, their values and their purpose aligned. And that creates a lot of passion. And um, again, one of the things that I say is passion propels and repels. If you've got passion, you'll just push through and do what, whatever it takes. But it also repels. It'll repel those negative comments. If you've got clarity and passion and you're driving through, then what other people say about you really doesn't matter. Now, a couple and, of things that um, I'm very excited about as well is you are coming to Australia real soon, um, going to be towards the end of June. So people that are seeing this on the video out early, we're going to have some dates around where you've got some book launches where you can come and meet and grab the, uh, grab the book. Um, the other thing is we're going to put in the, the show notes and, and attach to this video that they can actually go and get a missing chapter of the book. Could you... I know it's not in the book. Can you give us a hint of what's in it? And uh, we'll put the link where they can go and get it. It, talk, it talks about some of the most common fears that exist in the world right now. Fear of failure, fear of criticism, fear of what other people think, fear of poverty, fear of illness. A lot of, yeah, a lot of what we've just spoken about, Steve. So it, uh, it wasn't quick enough to make it into the first print run. So it will be in future editions, but it is available for free download right now on my website. That uh, in this one chapter, it references everyone from Warren Buffett, uh, Sarah Blakely, the youngest self-made billionaire of all time, actor Jim Carrey. It's got a whole heap of modern day people because the whole idea Excuse of Excuse me, I'm going off to get it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole awesome. idea of this new project is <laughs> the whole idea of this new project is that people today just don't naturally identify as much with the people from who were mentioned in the original book in 1937. So tried to really update that with a lot of different references to it. Yeah, everyone from everyone I just said to Mark Zuckerberg, Oprah Winfrey, the Navy SEALs, Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, we've got a whole heap of eclectic people in there. So go and grab the, uh, the free chapter and uh, yeah, get stuck in. Um, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on it. I'm looking forward to you coming out. You're going to be Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. Uh, we're certainly going to be catching up to, uh, to shoot another live stream probably and, and do some stuff together, which is going to be awesome. Um, I really do appreciate your time today, jumping onto uh, the Entrepreneur's Locker Room and sharing this. I'm going to get this out to as many people as I can because I know, you know since I read my first version of the book in, uh, in 84, it's made an impact and I know this new book, video, program and everything that you've got going is going to help uh, a lot of people out there and, and I can't wait to share it with them. So thank you so much for jumping on board. Thanks for having me, Steve. All right, to all you guys in the Entrepreneur's Locker Room, we're going to have another awesome video coming up. This is going to be hard to top, but we're going to have another awesome video again for you guys real soon. Cheers.